0: Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Before we begin, I want to remind you about our ad free option. Go to It's a Good Life on the Apple Podcast app. You'll see a banner under the logo to remove ads and unlock early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life, and here's our man,
1: Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to today's episode, Getting Your Business in Order. You know, the number one reason people sign up for our coaching program is actually to get organized. I always find this amazing, as our track record of significantly increasing people's income is well documented. However, I believe that the feeling of being behind, or that sense of overwhelm, is a burden that many small business owners experience. So today, we're going to help you get organized and eliminate that feeling of overwhelm once and for all. I normally have three major points for you, but today I'm going to cover the five elements of what it takes to get your business in order. There's goals, your production stats, core daily activities, profit and loss, and then SOPs, standard operating procedures. So let's dive into this. Now, we're going to talk about goals. And you're going, oh, man, Buffini, you you have talked about goals so many times. And I will continue to talk about goals many times. You know, my good friend, Joe Nigo, used to say, most people aim for nothing and hit it with amazing accuracy. So the fact of the matter is we want goals. But to get your business in order, we're going to have different types of goals, very specific type goals. First of all, production. This is the actual productivity of our business ultimately going into some form of sales where we're moving the needle economically in our business, the output of our business. So it's the sales, the economics of it, the inventory we're moving. This is production. And so we want to make sure that we have very, very specific goals. Let me say this. In private conversations with, I don't know how many, hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands and thousands of business owners, one-on-one, Throughout the last 27 years, I'll ask somebody what their production goals are, what their income goals are. And the most common answer that I hear, the first word is about. Well, about, and I'm just going to say about is the single worst answer to that question ever. When I talk about the greatest goal in the history of mankind, we're going to put a man on the moon, bring him safely to Earth by the end of the decade. The most perfectly written and articulated goal of all time. Man on the moon, safely to Earth by the end of the decade. Direction, accountability, and a deadline. So there's no about there. We're about gonna try to get a rocket in the moon and do a, go about, you know, maybe the moon, maybe Mars, like and I'm exaggerating for a fact. But the fact of the matter is, do you have goals that are that clear in regards to your specific production? in regards to your particular income. But Brian, I, I'm self-employed. I, I don't know exactly how much I'm bringing in. What's the goal? I'm not asking how much is coming in. I'm not asking about the performance. I'm asking about the goals. What are you trying to accomplish? And then you compare to it all the time. For 27 years, and the last 21 of those, are chief financial officer, Jim Paulzine, who was the controller and then became the CFO and Now, he's the CFO and COO of Buffini, a remarkable guy behind the scenes. Jim Paulzine will give me three numbers and give our board three numbers in every report that we get. And one of the financial reports will say, okay, here's our profit and loss statement for the month, for the quarter, or for the year. Here's how we were compared to last year. And here's how we're doing compared to goal. Simple as that. Now, I run a pretty good-sized business on these very same metrics I'm sharing with you. So first of all, production, income, and then the third one, certainly as a self-employed person, small business owner, you've got to be thinking in terms of time off, because it's very easy for the business to own us instead of us owning the business. So these are the goals you need to set, production, income, time off. H.L. Hunt was an oil tycoon, and he said, decide what you want. Decide what you're willing to exchange for it and establish your priorities and go to work. Okay, you're going to give up something to get something. Your time, your energy, your resources. What are you willing to sacrifice? Lee Iacocca said, start with good people, lay out the rules, communicate with your employees, motivate them and reward them. If you do all these things effectively, you can't miss. Earl Nightingale said, people succeed because they know where they're going. It's as simple as that. Yogi Berra. The great baseball man said, without a plan, even the most brilliant business can get lost. You need to have goals, create milestones, and have a strategy in place to set yourself up for success. And Louisa May Alcott says, have regular hours for work and play. Make each day both useful and pleasant, and prove that you understand the worth of time by employing it well. What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? You know, production, income, time off? Let me say that that's the second thing that'll come up in a board meeting. Dermot Buffini is the CEO of our company, and he knows the well-being of our company is built around the well-being of our clients that we coach. So Dermot will ask of the coaching staff and its leadership team three questions. What's our client's production? Is it up or down? How's their income, their net income, and how much time are they taking off? And that gives us the feedback because if the clients are doing well, we're going to do well as a company. And so this very same dynamic of how you need to run your business is how we run our business. Because if our customers are doing great, we're doing great. Now you think about that. That's how we run our company. How well are our clients doing? That is not some fanciful thing I'm just giving you here. That is the reporting mechanism at Buffini Company. Jim Paulzine, our CFO, He shares, I'm the chairman of the board, here's how Buffco's doing. Here's how we're doing compared to our goals. Here's how we're doing compared to last year. Profit and loss, income and expenses. Simple as that. Then the CEO delivers a report given to him by the coaching department. Here's how well our clients are doing. Here's their production. Here's their income, how much they're making. And here's how much time off they're getting. And that matrix is how we run our entire organization. That sounds pretty simple. It is pretty simple. By the way, the second part, I can tell you this I've run into and worked with dozens and dozens of major corporations over the years. And I can tell you, I've had dozens and dozens of meetings at the highest levels. Never does anyone ever bring up how their people are doing regarding production, income, or time off. They only ever talk about the corporations themselves. And so the fact of the matter is, our focus is to make sure that our clients are winning in the area of income, expenses, and time off. And because that's our focus, that's why we've been successful for all these years. And so that's what I'm trying to share with you. So first and foremost, you want to get your business in order. You got to have your goals. They got to be specific goals around production, income, and time off. Second, your actual production stats. This is the performance of your business. Here's a couple of tips on performance. For example, when I was in my real estate business, it was, I tracked the number of transactions I was doing, what the average sales price, which is the margin on each transaction, and then what was my hourly worth. And these are powerful production stats. Now, the great way to kind of go through this is in your production stats, is first of all, you track your stats weekly. No matter what, whatever recording mechanism you have, whether it's you track with a CRM, Or if your business is big enough to have an accountant or a controller, great. But you want to track your stats at least every week. You're entering it into some mechanism of measurement. You want to track them weekly. You want to review those stats monthly. And then you want to reprioritize quarterly. So your production stats, you want to track them weekly. You want to review them monthly. But you want to reprioritize them quarterly. And we'll talk about this a little bit later on. This is where it gets more into the strategy and how am I doing and is there a shift in the market? What do I need to do? What are the numbers telling me? You know, our feelings can lie to us. Our feelings can make us feel like we're doing better than we are. Our feelings also sometimes make us feel that we're doing worse than we are. The numbers don't lie, right? The numbers just don't lie. You know, The facts tell and stories sell. Well, when it comes to your business, you don't wanna sell yourself a story. And so an example for me was, When I was a practicing real estate agent, I'd have the number of transactions I was trying to do, how many transactions. And for me, it was eight a month was kind of my mendoza line. I would do eight deals a month. And I always enjoyed kind of beating that goal. What's the average sales price? Because in, in my case, in real estate, I could make more money by selling a more expensive home. So I wanted to raise my average sales price and I intentionally pursued that. And then lastly, I wanted to keep track of my hourly worth. And this is for everybody. I'll share with you the formula I used then. It's the same formula I use today. It'll be a great formula for all of you. Let's say you work 48 weeks a year, right? You take four weeks off a year and you work 40 hours a week. And I know many of you are working more than 40 hours, but maybe you're not working 48 weeks. 48 weeks at 40 hours is 1,920 work hours in a year. So if you want to make $250,000 a year, you need to make 130 bucks an hour. If you wanted to make 500 grand a year, you want to charge $260 an hour and do $260 an hour work. And obviously, in a small business, this is all before your expenses. The fact of the matter is, when you find yourself doing $20 an hour work, you've got to sometimes catch yourself. And I used to do this all the time. Okay, Brian, you're paying yourself 400 bucks an hour right now to do this admin task, or you're spending 400 bucks an hour. Sometimes you just like the feeling of being busy. You know, I'm a I'm a tradesman's son, so I like to work with my hands. I remember sometimes I'd get caught up in my real estate signs fell down and I'd, I'd have real estate signs in the back of me car and I'm hammering in these signs or doing this stuff, which is fine. And the fact that I'm willing to do it is great. And Sometimes I just needed a break in the day. But the fact of the matter is when it became a habit, I realized, hang on a second here, you know what I'm trying to make is 500 bucks an hour. And what I'm doing right now is $20 an hour work. So would I pay somebody 500 bucks an hour? To put a sign in the yard, absolutely I wouldn't, but I was paying myself that. And that's something we need as a business owner that when we got caught up in this stuff, or you're scrolling through social media, or you're playing a video game, or you're doing whatever, or you're you're watching the latest Netflix show in the middle of the day, you catch yourself out and do that stuff. You're paying yourself that kind of hourly rate to do that stuff. So it's just a real sobering type dynamic. Again, my mentor, Jim Rohn, He said a quote one time I wrote down, I've never forgotten it. 30 years ago, he said, Brian, we don't get paid for the hour. We get paid for the value we bring to the hour. Peter Drucker said, what gets measured gets managed. So we got to be tracking our stats. Bill Gates said, know your numbers. It's a fundamental precept of business. So you got to track your production stats weekly. You got to review them monthly. Then you prioritize them quarterly. Mark Limonis, who uh, had a great show called The Profit, and it was a real entrepreneur show. And I believe Marcus was the founder of um, Camping World. And he said, If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So, Marcus's job, he kind of goes in and fixes people's broken businesses, whether it's a restaurant or a manufacturing company or whatever else. And um, he'd be in this spot all the time. And again, you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So, you got to know, for me, transactions, price, but that hourly. Worth, that is a game changer for your business. So know your hourly worth. Here's the third major point is your core daily activities. You want to get your business in order? You got to have core daily activities that you kind of set for yourself each and every day. The first one is what I call a personal business standard. And the personal business standard is this is my standard operating procedure every day for myself, a standard I'm holding myself to, okay? In my case, it was how many personal notes I'd written in a day, how many phone calls I made to customers in a day, how many personal visits I had with a customer in a day, uh, how many times I took a customer to lunch or dinner, or how many client parties I held in a year, how much marketing went out in a monthly basis. I had a professional business standard. just a professional business standard. And a standard, by definition, is an accepted measurement or value. So this was like anything other than this was unacceptable. And so for me, I set out to write 10 personal notes a day. Now, to give you context on that, the Fenian Company produces 7.5 million personal notes a year right now for our members, and we give them these notes. It works out to be 50 a month. Now, 50 a month, if you work five days a week, is 2.2 notes a day. I just want you to know this. I'm just telling you what my professional business standard was to write 10 a day. Now, I was also starting from a bad place. I was broke. I had no money. I got in a motorcycle accident. I owed big bills. I'm 92 bucks in my wallet and I'm a long way from home. Yeah, I work my arse off. And so my standard for myself was 10 notes a day. Now, I'll be honest with you. I challenge my members all the time when we give them 50 notes a day to write 50. And and many of them struggle with getting that number out. Now, okay, I understand. And I don't want to patronize anybody, but I I don't want to soft soap it either. You know, to me it's not a lot to ask. 50 notes a month that we give people, it's just not a lot to ask. The reason I think people don't get that done is they got good intentions, but they don't hold themselves to a personal business standard. Like, it's a standard. Like, this is how I conduct myself personally. Well, when you have a professional business standard, that's what you ultimately are holding yourself accountable to. Ray Kroc, who was the man who franchised McDonald's and built it all over the world and a San Diego resident and owned the San Diego Padres, said the quality of a leader is reflected in the standards they set for themselves. You know, it's interesting when people talk about Ray Kroc and there was a movie made about him called The Founder and all that stuff. And, you know, they portray him a certain way. I happen to know members of his family who live here in town. And of course, they have a different perspective on it. But the one thing people used to say all the time is you used to go into McDonald's and the bathrooms were spotless. And it was a great pride of the organization. Now, I think they're decent today. I don't know if they're quite the standard they were. Maybe they are. It's been a long time since I've been at a McDonald's personally. But I know this. Families used to go to McDonald's because the bathrooms were spotless clean. You were traveling. You could go in there and get a kid's meal. Ray Kroc was a fanatic about having the bathrooms cleaned. One of my very first paint jobs when I came to America, I think I've told the story before, was I actually painted the guest house for Mrs. Kroc back in 1986. I mean, there wasn't a blade of grass out of place in that whole estate. Ray had a professional business standard that translated all the way to his customers. Henry Ward Beecher said, hold yourself responsible for a higher standard than anybody expects of you. Never excuse yourself. What's your professional standard? So I can tell you right now, years later, it was 10 notes a day. It was five calls a day. It was seven pop buys a week. That was me. Calls, notes, and pop buys. Popping by my favorite customers with a little gift, writing personal notes and making phone calls to customers. Five, ten, seven a week. That was my professional business standard. The second dynamic in there of core daily activities is self-care. Self-care. You need to take care of yourself. And I think I've shared this on podcasts before. I've definitely shared it at events. But my day, when my day goes right, I follow my self-care morning routine. And that is I start in the morning, and I do 20 minutes of contemplative prayer. You know, I, I learned this uh, from Father Thomas Keating. Uh, he has a great app, the Centering Prayer app, and it's basically 20 minutes of silence. as a little bong, and then it bongs you back out so you can have a gentle kind of a recovery. But basically, it's a form of meditation. Uh, but I do 20 minutes of that to start my day. I work out with Rico four days a week, and then I stretch with Rico two evenings a week. So whenever I'm recording in the studio, like I am this evening, I will go and I'll do an hour-long stretch with Rico. I do a Wim Hof cold shower. And just so you know, I, and I've repeatedly shared my foibles and what I do. I was doing great at this. I've gone through all the levels of Wim Hof all the way up to mastery. And then I, I got out of the habit. I fell off the wagon and I started back with the Wim Hof app again. And remember, if you if you haven't listened to this, it's a season two, episode 55. His name is Wim, W-I-M, Hof, H-O-F. I actually just had a friend, Michael Murray, in from Detroit, was in visiting us today, and sharing how uh, he wanted to thank Danny because Danny was the guy that introduced us all to Wim Hof. And he said, "I do the breathing, I do the cold showers. It's changed his life." You know, I do the breathing. There's a little on the app there, and also I did the cold showers. I fell off the wagon. I used to be able to do three minute cold showers, and and then I didn't do it at all. And for many people, it sounds awful, but once you learn the breathing techniques you go back to the very beginner level and it's you take your normal shower and at the end you take 15 second cold shower. You do that for five days and then you keep going to the next one and it's 30 seconds and away you go. I fell off the wagon. Now I'm back up to a minute again and so on so forth. But when I do it, I feel better. My mind seems to work better. It's all good. So I do the centering prayer. I do the workout. I do the cold shower. I read and then I have a late breakfast. So I used to have an earlier breakfast and now Yeah, I'm not necessarily down totally on intermittent fasting, but I just have a later breakfast now than I did and sometimes around 11 o'clock. So that's what my self-care routine looks like. So I have a professional business standard of what I'm going to get accomplished every day. In order to accomplish that, I need to take care of myself. As a self-employed person, I need to make sure that self is in good condition. So I have my morning routine. And then number three is about lead generation. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see over my right shoulder here, I have this three-legged stool and the three legs of the stool for business, right? You have sales and marketing, customer service, and financial management, and that's the foundation of your business. But if you're looking at the three legs of the stool, the lead generation leg is five times the importance of the other two. So lead generation is key. The fact of the matter is you've got to do lead gen in order to be successful. It's the thing we often forget to do, neglect to do, or... When we get busy, we feel like we shouldn't do subconsciously, oh my gosh, if I did more lead gen, I'd be totally overwhelmed. And that is not the way to look at your business. You generate more leads. If you're busy, here's what you get to do. You get to elevate the quality of your customer and say no to the lower quality customer or the one you don't want to work with. Or you build out your business or your practice or your team and expand your staff. Or if you're in the kind of service industry where you can refer somebody, You refer somebody out. So always got to be doing the lead gen. So the core daily activities are professional business standard, self-care, lead gen. Number four is profit and loss. Profit and loss. About half of the small business owners in the United States have a profit and loss statement. The other 50% are flying blind. We have all kinds of apps and resources available today at our disposal to make this a lot simpler. With regards to your profit and loss, you want to review your profit and loss each month. You want to compare to goals each quarter. And then you want to review your strategy quarterly. And the strategy is, okay, I set a set of goals. What was behind the goals? Are we not performing? Are we not living up to expectations? Are we not doing the lead gen? Has the market changed? Has the pricing changed? Has the um, customer movement changed? What is the story? In real estate, I would be looking at the average sales price, the number of days on market, those kinds of things. So what is it in your business? With your profit and loss statements, you're you're reviewing this stuff all the time. To get your business in order, you need business reserves. So the first goal with business reserves is to get one month of expenses in reserves and then get up to three. And three is pretty good. Three is pretty good. To be honest with you, at Buffco, we're at about six months of reserves, but I don't think you need to go that far. I think if you have three months of your business expenses and reserves you're in great shape taxes especially for self employed people okay self employed people get behind on their taxes all the time it's not because we're dishonest it's because we're disorganized it's also because we don't make provision for it do you make sure that you set aside money after each transaction or after each time you get paid you've got to set aside money all the time for taxation you just got to set it aside it's not yours it's not yours and so what happens is if we think of it like it's ours and we spend it like it's ours, that's where catastrophe lies. And then the third aspect of getting your business in order is making sure that you have money set aside for retirement. It's part of your business strategy, whether it's funding a SEP or an IRA. Uh, you know, the SEP is a simplified employee pension fund, which is, still allows you a tax deduction and deferred taxation on the gain. They call it an RSP in Canada. You got to have money set aside for retirement. Uh, Remember, I did episode 107, was uh, the interview with billionaire David Rubenstein, which says uh, how to invest like a billionaire. There's some great stuff in there and some practical stuff for us as small business owners. So we got to make sure that our getting our house in order, we have a profit and loss statement. We're going to review that every month. We're going to compare it to our goals each quarter. And then we're going to review our strategy each quarter. Okay, what do we need to adjust? And then lastly, we're going to talk about SOPs, oh my gosh, standard operating procedures. My God, this sounds boring. But this is the key. This is the stuff that allows you to sleep at night. It's your systems. It's your routines. It's your best practices and your checklists all in writing. you got to put them in writing. It's got to be in writing or it's not an SOP. It means a person could come in and take over the next person. You know, it's funny. I, I championed my daughter, Anna, to do this because we have a barn at our home. And she has six championship horses, too, that she's working with. One helped her get to the World Cup. She's another that's uh, taken her, Lord willing, to Paris to the 2024 Olympics. These are high-performance horses that require high-performance production and care. So she's built out SOPs for every single person. Well, sure enough, we had a groom that was forced to move back home to go back up to Seattle. We were able to hire a new groom and bring them up to speed in just a matter of days they were function at an extraordinary level because everything was written out. Now, how did I get Anna to do that? How would I get you to do it? It's just dictate into your phone all of your processes and then get it transcribed. Find a local transcription service in your area. So dictate all your processes. The next thing is you got to prioritize your priorities. Hey, where is lead gen? Where is it at? What's important? And if this is important for you, then what's important for the person who might work for you, especially if you build a team? You know, you've got to make your business scalable. And then lastly, you've got to learn to delegate and how you delegate. I've got everything in order. You know, it's the old, no one can do it like me. You know, that type of thinking. No, we need to be able to build the SOPs, then delegate to people. And sure enough, you'll find people are actually, will innovate with your SOPs and your routines and your best practices and make them better. Tom Peters says, all quality improvement comes via simplification of design. Layout processes and procedures. So, we don't want to be Joan of Arc. I'm the only one who can do it. No one can do it like me. What we want to do is have standard operating procedures, and now our business is duplicatable and scalable. So, time to get our business in order. What do I think? I think what I've just laid out for you is a lot of work. I know it is. If you don't have a coach, it might take you two years to get all these things together. I think if you have a coach, you should be able to get this all done. Anywhere from four to six months, I'd say you'd be nails, nails, like really refined and buttoned up. And so for those of you who don't have a coach, I recommend you go to the It's a Good Life website, itsagoodlife.com, and just go right there where it says get a free business consultation. And we'll see if our program is a match for you and your business. No matter what, it'll be a great call. be very, very educational for you. Our guys do a great job with that, and uh, I think you'll have a good experience. So go check it out. And if it is a fit for you, I believe we can help you get your business in order a bit quicker. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I love helping people with their businesses. I love small business owners. In fact, this book is dedicated to small business owners. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, to every courageous person who ever had the gumption to own his or her own business, we honor the belief you have in yourself and the confidence you have in your abilities and ultimately the faith you have in your future. You are the fabric of every great society, and it brings great joy if this book in some way helps you achieve a greater level of success. I love small business owners. I love entrepreneurs. I love the people who are willing to bet on themselves, put it all on the line, and go for it. And that's why I believe you're also the people who should succeed the most. I want you to get your house in order. I want you to get your business in order. Here's what it'll allow you to do. It'll free up your energy. It'll free up and take away your worry and allow you to take your energies, pour them into your goals to go and become as successful as possible. And that's a version of the good life for me. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it today. Thanks so much. I'm going to throw it back to Mr. Lally, who's going to share with you a few things that you can follow up with to make your business even better. We'll see you next time.
0: Great content as always, Brian. Small business owners do need this stuff. And we love the feedback from you all. So please drop a review on the podcast app or wherever you listen to the show. Justin C in Texas says, amazing A plus content. Brian is the best. I love how each episode is so personal. You can tell this man has a heart of gold and wants the best for his listeners. If you haven't already hit the subscribe button and start your personal growth and development journey now. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. And remember, we have a free business consultation for you where you get to talk to one of our amazing staff, They do this stuff for a living all day long and they'll have action steps you can take today to get your business in order. See you next time. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.